Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we get to the episode, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. Now, as a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. And this week, it's very exciting because neither of us gets it. I know. That that doesn't mean there isn't tinfoil. It It absolutely does not. (laughs) I know you're listening. Yeah, Ellie. Thanks for coming on the show, but have a tinfoil hat. (laughs) We do need to, I think we need to start making people tinfoil hats. I think we do, and we send them out as little trophies for yeah. you know, being stupid enough to come on the show. <laughs> uh, this one, I think, is very apt, though, because Ellie, in fact, is getting a tinfoil hat for suggesting muggles should wear tinfoil hats to ward off legitimacy. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't really have much to say about that. Um, it was your first encounter with Ellie, but like... It was indeed, yes. It's <laughs> That's pretty par for the course. <laughs> It was exceptional, though. We loved having you on, Ellie, and hopefully our listeners did too. Um, and your tinfoil hat is in the post. Absolutely, yeah. It was a pleasure meeting you, <laughs> sort of voice to voice, which is a weird thing to say. Um, please do come back. I always like the opportunity to give the tinfoil hat to someone who isn't me, so you know. Yeah, you've, you've <laughs> had a nice respite this I know, it was looking kind of bad for me there, wasn't it, for the longest time? On the trot. I do think, I've been thinking, by the way, and I do think that the idea of a one episode where each of us has like three or four small hot takes. Ooh, a mini mini hot takes episode. Mini hot takes. You know, there are a few out there that like, there's not really enough material for to do a whole hour long rant about about something. I mean, we could do it. I would say we could do it. Once we get into it, but we could definitely do it. There's, there's maybe something, something to be said for that. I, I think know. that's a great idea, um, listeners. Yeah, let us know if you, you would like that. Then come join the Discord to tell us. <laughs> mm. Join the Discord. The link is in the description, and it's a fun place. Honest. Well, it will be well, at the moment. It's just, <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> And Otter. And Otter, yeah, sorry. Otter, Otter, Otter is leaving some very good feedback on there, mm. which I, I highly recommend it, you know, people go yeah. and read in detail. We've got an essay on genetics for our oh, Lord of the Rings was, episode, which we're not going to go into here remarkable. because it confused me. <laughs> it was quite something. It was quite something. Anyway, That's why enough. are we here today? Today, we, oh, today we're, we're talking um, George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire Pentology? Heptology? I think it's going to be. Um, uh, I think it's unfinished. Un- unfinished. <laughs> uh, unfinished tale. And what we wanted to do in sort of going back to our roots as uh, those who rank things is we, we've pulled together a couple <laughs> of lists of who we think the best the best warriors in the A Song and Vice and Fire books are. Is that a fair summation of what we've done? I think it is. This is sort of what we'd originally said, and already that's that's kind of the problem. <laughs> I mean, maybe not a problem, but it's it's going to create some issues. I think because there's there's a lot of definitions of of the term 
Mm. Well, not definitions, maybe, but interpretations of, of that little statement. Top 10 warriors of A Song of Ice and Fire. Sure. Um, and I, I honestly don't really know what those interpretations were for me. <laughs> no, I've I've very much gone, shit, who's in A Song of Ice and Fire? There was a lot of that. Right. There's a lot of characters. No wonder it's taken so long to write. Did you have that, that thing? So so my original thought was, oh, fuck, I haven't remembered a single character in A Song of Ice and Fire. And then before I knew it, I had a list of about 40 people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't have that, sadly. So I've, well, I'm not, not sure, sadly. I've been listening to some A Song of Ice and Fire uh, podcasts, particularly the uh, the Notacast, which I would highly recommend. It's a yes, phenomenal good. Uh, read-through, reread podcast. So no, my problem was more, I was, I was thinking, Stannis is a big character in A Song of Ice and Fire. How do I get him in? And then I remembered that, no, um, that's not his <laughs> forte. <laughs> it, it's, it's problematic though, isn't it? Because you obviously instantly think of the point of view characters. You're mm. like, oh yeah, Sansa. Mm. I think, that, well, I think there's, there's, mm. there's a couple, there's something to come on to there, I think. Um, but no, I, I sort of went, who beats who 1v1? I think that's, that's, that's interesting. But then there's there's a couple in my list who are quite high. I think because of their ability to do huge amounts of damage to lots of people. See, I think that's that's something I waited a bit more. Mm. Actually, I think I've got I've got a few names in there that are probably just you know chuck them at a, a shield wall and the shield wall will just end. Yeah. As opposed to the one v one prowess, yeah. No, I think I think I've probably weighed one v one higher, probably. Let's and just also, let's just cut to the chase and say we're both going to be very wrong about all of this, aren't we? No, you see, I, I think we're both going to be more or less correct. I'm looking at my list and I've realised I've got one that's probably too high. But like, the point is, I think that you can define a top 10 warrior in, in so many different ways that our, our, our argument is going to be about definition rather than about the specific location of anyone in our list, more or less. Probably, yeah. And I think there's also, there's also just too much too much of an unknown, right? I mean, I the fact there's... that all these guys are alive, well, maybe they're alive. I don't actually know if that's <laughs> going to be true of the list. Um, but, but certainly the ones that are in... The current story, obviously alive and will have been in a scrap. Yeah, but I think so. I think there's um, there's a lot to be said for like in scraps, like the ones that we're going to come on to discuss. <clears throat> like luck pays such a bigger part than I think a lot of people realize. Right, everyone thinks, oh, you can just rank all of the. You write everyone in any fancy novel, top to bottom, based on their power level or whatever you want to be, and that's just there's just there is one true objective list. We just have to find it, and I don't think that's true. There's so much subjectivity and uh, like random circumstance that that is that means that any one of the people in any of our top ten probably can beat any one anyone else in either top ten. 
Yeah. If they have a good day and the other person has a bad day, if that makes sense. I'm not explaining. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, uh, George actually, I think he was asked about this sort of thing. There was an interview I seem to recall where, where they were talking a bit about sport and if he draws any inspiration or, or yeah. you know, things like that from sport. And he's like, yeah, well, when he thinks about the knights in his tale, you know, it, it's kind of their sport, right? Fighting. Yes. And, and whatnot. The problem is, you know, any given day, as you said, one guy can beat another guy. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the cost might be quite high if that happens. You know, you can you can lose a hand because ultimately you're, you're waving really sharp sticks around. <laughs> um, so, so I think you're absolutely right that there's no, no no one's going to go ten for ten. And I think it's another thing George said is that you know even the best boxers in the world have lost a fight or two. Yeah. You know, uh, and that that's ultimately just what will happen. You know, um, Jamie Lannister as an example isn't going to win every single fight he is ever in. No. No matter how he gets he caught is. at the Whispering Wood, for example. Yeah, exactly. Circumstance gets in the way. So so how have you formulated your list then? Do you in, in, the what? In, in a bit of a in a bit of a throwback to our Warhammer 40k Primarchs mm. one. I I think there's an element of just people I thought were really cool <laughs> well, that, I, that I liked in some particular way. There, there's some very, very solid pseudoscience that's gone into the list as well, mind you. Excellent. Um, and I will claim victory off the back of that. But, but yeah, I think people that I've just picked and I thought, yeah, they'd be great in a scrap and they could probably stand up one-to-one against most. And that's sort of sure the list. But that said, I think the number 10 could be the number one, and the number one could be the number 10 okay. on any given day, as you said. Okay. How about you, then? So you, you, you've gone literally dual at attorney. Well, not, not quite just that, but certainly that's played quite a heavy part. But no... I did, I did something similar. I sort of went... If I... Who... If, if I teleport myself into the world of A Song of Ice and Fire and I'm standing there holding a shield with a pointy stick, who do I least want to see coming at me? Right oh, so, interesting. So That's probably going to prove to not be true when we get to like my number 10, but it's that sort of thing. Like, but My first thought there was, have you gone for something really rogue, like putting Jack in on there? Jack and Hagar, but then no, you, see, you, know, you would never see him coming at you. Would you? I, I haven't done any. I haven't done anything like that. Like everyone in my list is a stand up in front of you and stab you in the chest type. Yeah, sword person. in hand, right, so, sword or, or spear or, or lance or, or hammer or whatever in hand. Spoilers. Ooh, hammer. Um, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. But no, well, I sort of looked looked at who'd win a one v one, but also definitely gone. Yeah, but what happens if you, as you say, point them at a shield wall? Um, so there's a few who are, who are maybe in the list because of that. Um, their ability to have an impact on the battlefield. What I also did was I limited myself to people who we've seen alive in the text. Because I basically didn't want to right. deal with Arthur Dane. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a, a fair, a, a fair um, play on your part, Arthur Dane, is, is complicated. Um but, and this is why spoilers. Ned Stark is obviously ahead of him in my list. <laughs> no, uh, I also went obviously 
at their supposed prime. Yes. Right? So so I've got Jamie in my list, as I imagine you have. I've got two-handed Jamie in my hand. Oh, I've got one-handed, but he's still number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fair no. Enough. Absolutely right. At the, well, I'm not even sure Jamie would have been at his prime, to be honest. Yeah, I guess in his personal arc that will pre pre losing the hand will be the best he was ever going to be. I suppose. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll surprise us all. Sorry, yeah, not not at their not at their potential at their the prime yeah, that they reached. Yeah, exactly. Well, then, without further ado, shall we just actually yeah, we, get cracking with this list and stop dithering about our terrible choices and all the regret that we feel? <laughs> right. Do you want to go first? I'll go first, yeah. And this one's always confused me in terms of how to say the first name. It is Lord Gerald Hightower or Gerald? Yeah, I'm sure I think it's Gerald. Gerald. I'm sure Gerald, it's Gerald Hightower. Cool. No, that's that's fair. Uh, I've got Victorian Greyjoy at number ten. Yeah. See, I was going to try and be nice to you for this episode. <laughs> but that's just wrong. I'm sorry. That's just wrong. Okay. He's not even the best. No, we'll, we'll get we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. Who have you got at number nine? Uh, Loras Tyrell. Oh, interesting. I've got uh, his his brother Garland Tyrell. Okay. And then at eight, the great John himself, great John Umber. Interesting. No, I had a th- I, I had a thought about him. Um, I've got Sandor Clegane. Great, great John. Not gonna lie, is one of those where you know he's just very cool. He's just head. very cool. So you got Sandor, yeah, the Hound, Sandor very nice. At eight. And then I've got um, Brienne of Tarth at seven. Yeah, very sensible. I've got the Mountain at seven. Okay, uh, cool. And then at six? The Hound. <laughs> okay, interesting. interesting. Clegane Ball is six and seven. <laughs> Clegane Ball at six and seven. I've got Garland Tyrell at six. So okay, he did, so he did make my list. I've just put him very high nice. by the sound of things. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, well, we'll see. <laughs> so top five, who have you got? Top five. Okay, so uh, opening up the top five, I've got... I'm going to change my list as we speak. I've got Oberyn Martel. Ooh, changing the list last second. That's going to be I actually panicked. Time. That might be some sort of tinfoil-esque uh, <laughs> penalty for next episode. I've got Oberyn Martel. Who have you got? Oberyn Martell. Number five, I've got Jamie Lannister. Yeah, fair. Quite low, I think some people will argue. I think that feels low to me. Maybe I need to change my list too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. But, but yeah, so at number four, I've got uh, Barristan Selmy. You got Barristan Selmy? Um, number four, I've got Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon, interesting choice. This is This is... Robert's Rebellion era, muscled like a maiden's fancy. Yeah, no, Robert Baratheon, not fat I mean, king, foolish. <laughs> top number four in a top ten list of greatest warriors. You're you're insane. Um, who have you got at three? Uh, Gregor Clegane, the Mountain. Yeah, fair enough. I've got Drogo, the, the sort of yeah, Kalasar equivalent of the Mountain. I, I always picture him as. Yeah, I know. Uh, he feels like the most notable omission from my list, I think. Oh, so oh, he's not even made your he's list. Not made Ooh, my list. interesting, interesting. I think I've fallen foul of. Well, we can come on to that. Who he's not made your list, and my oh. number two is going to annoy you as well because it is, in fact, Arthur Dane. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely cheating. No, I mean you've got you've got Gerald Hightower as well. You've 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 
bought into the romance of the rebellion. I have. I really have. I mean, you know, we'll see who my number one is uh, for that. Mm. So my number two is Jamie Lannister. Okay. Okay. I could. I feel I could probably guess who your number one is off the back of all that then, but... Yeah, I have a notable omission, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Who, who's, who's made the top of your weird top list? Top of my list is Barristan Salmi. Lord Commander of Robert Baratheon. So, you know, very, very honourable man. Very good, good swordsman. Very, very uh, apt warrior. I think mm. worthy of worthy of a number one stop, uh, spot. So for me, I guess you. Well, you I think, think I was going to say worthy of a number one spot. You've got him at four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not worthy of the number one spot. I just think that there's three people who are worthier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think people may maybe thinking I'm going towards Rhaegar Targaryen at my number one spot, but in fact... That would be insanity. In fact, I have gone for Bobby B. Big Robert Baratheon, number one greatest warrior in A Song of Ice and Fire. Okay. At his prime and when he's really fat and drunk all the time. Both. Because <laughs> he, he will just yell people into the grave, I think. Oh, Mark, have you, have you just got Mark Addy as your number one? I... <laughs> Maybe that's it. I, just, I think I've just got Mark Addy at number one. Yeah. <laughs> Although by that logic, I would have had Sean Bean Sean joined Bean's first. <laughs> Sean Bean's joint. Yeah, I am. Um... Okay, well, I mean, these are very different lists. Different, but also similar in parts. So the notable ones on my list that you don't have running down this, you don't have Oberyn. No. You don't have Brienne, you don't have Loris, and you don't have Victarion. Well, no one should have Victarion, because that, that's just dumb. <laughs> um, Brienne is, I think, one that we should debate. Because now looking at my list, and also noting where you've put Brienne, specifically in relation to Sandor, yes. I might be very mistaken about her. Well, maybe. I may also be... As you bought into the romance of the rebellion, I might have bought a, li- a little bit too much into Brienne as a sort of questing knight trope. Sure, th- she has some of the best moments in the books. Right, her at the end of the crossroads, no chance and no choice is sort of phenomenal. Sends shivers down your spine when you read it, kind of thing. So I might be reading in- reading that and then going, "Yeah, fuck yeah, yes, Brienne, you're great." Um, she does then proceed to lose the fight at the end of the crossroads <laughs> and is saved by Gendry. So, you know. Yeah, but some maybe. fights you can't win. This, this fight- is true of, of of all of this, right? It's not it's not high fantasy in the sense of... Brienne doesn't beat whatever it is, seven heavily armed men. Because exactly. And, and, and no one on this list... Well, maybe on a good day, a, a few people on this list probably would, yeah. actually. But I also think Brienne on a, on a really good day could have. Potentially. She's not well armed and armoured at that point. Um, she basically draws a shitty... I mean, she draws Oathkeeper, I suppose. <laughs> Um, Shitty sword at the yeah, back. Uh, but she's not wearing she's not wearing, you know, heavy armor. She's not a horse. No. Anything like that. But no, looking uh, at who you, looking at your list and parking Arthur Dane and Gerald Hightower um 
because they weren't eligible for my list. Um, although, hot take, Arthur Dane was. Um, I think Great John Umber and Drogo. Mm, yes. But this, see, but this, I think, is where the difference in our logic approaching this is a bit apparent, right? Because I, I think, I don't think anyone really talks about Great John Umber as he's going to rock up with the tourneys and, and win the duels. Well, I think he's the no. guy who just wins the battle for you. <laughs> but I, I, I suppose the problem is we don't have a particularly military-minded perspective on Rob Stark's campaign, particularly not his campaign in the Westerlands. No. But true. even his POV in the Riverlands is Catelyn, who is a very romantically leaning point of view. Right? So we don't actually ever see, other than at the twins, at the Red Wedding, we never see the Great John fight. And I love the Great John. I think the Great John... He does absolutely best. ruin three guys while he is like blackout drunk and true you know unarmed <laughs> true but I, I i think that the great john I, I sort of picture him not quite as a strategist because that's too removed from the action but like this is going to this is very unfair to the great john isn't he just a really budget mountain no see i think he's a really budget giant <laughs> okay, but isn't the mountain just a budget giant? <laughs> let me let me paraphrase. He's a budget giant and a budget Tywin. Actually, that's that's completely wrong because Tywin's an idiot. A budget um, Blackfish, Theon Stark. Okay, Blackfish as well. Yeah, I think you're right. He's he's very strategically minded, mm. and he's very well respected in the north. And, and the problem with the North is is one that I'll I'll, I'll get to. They don't do tyrannies. They don't do tyrannies, and you only ever see Northern laws really described from Northern POVs, and it's problematic. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but no, but I see him as yeah, he's he's a strategist. But I think if you anger him, or if he's in a battle, he just sort of unleashes and. You can't get near him. <laughs> he just kills things. I mean, he's a he's a big man, right? He's what he's is. George has no concept of height, so isn't he like six 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 seven kind of thing? Something along those lines, I think. Because yeah. like small John is large. bigger than him, yeah. and, and small John is like the biggest person since Robert, kind of. But thing. I also want to say, is it Jamie Lannister who discusses these sort of things like strength yes. alone? Jay, so Jamie Lannister. So this, this this is this this is the problem with Jamie Lannister. Is Jamie Lannister has an internal monologue about essentially who he can beat in a fight. Yeah, and he lists people who are stronger than him, and I think he lists Small John, but not Great John. Oh, is it Small John? I really thought it was the Great John. It might. It that's might why, well that's kind of why he made my list. To be honest, it might well be the Great John. I, I don't. I don't remember it off the top of my head. One of them makes it. But not both of them, because both Cleganes make it, but not both Umbers. Yeah, well the, well, the mountain, I think, infamously makes it both because his strength is just not that that of something that isn't human. I, I can't remember how he says it. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's in a... Yeah. No, that's wrong. Maybe I've made that up. Maybe yeah. that's just how I 
So. <laughs> so Braun, Braun talks about how the mountain is too fast for something that big. Yeah, but I thought Jamie mentioned that he's just too he, strong. He to might well do. He might like well a regular, do. regular dude. He might. But, well but do. no, but this 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 was important for me in terms of putting the Great John on there because it it was very rare I thought to see any Northern Lord who isn't you know Rob Stark I guess or Ned Stark talked about in a sort of oh yeah they're kind of they're kind of scary and important way you know that's very true that is very true which which may be because there genuinely aren't any big warrior lords in the north which seems a bit odd i seems, guess seems quite odd doesn't or feel, it's doesn't just the classic right. the south doesn't care you know i think it's that i think that because the south has this tradition of sort of tournaments and chivalry and and all of that uh, and also the sort of aloofness of southern lords as compared, at least on the outside, with northern lords. The southern lords have this fixation with uh, who's the best tourney knight, who wins yeah. the hands turn, etc, etc, etc. And the northern lords sort of don't because they're busy making sure that their people don't all die in the winter. Yeah. Um, that's not and when, that when they need to scrap, they'll scrap. <laughs> when they need to scrap, they'll scrap. But they also, like, you also get the sense a little bit that a lot more, and maybe I'm again, doing the Southern Lords a disservice, but you get the sense that a lot more Northern Lords will just ride in the front line with their troops. And, and you see the way you think Rob Stark's companions in the Whispering Wood, right? They're all first or second sons of noble houses. Rickard Carstark loses like three sons in the Whispering Wood. Yeah. Which is horrific for a noble family. You don't, in the same way get the sense that that happens in the South. You think about, like, Mace Tyrell, Randall Tarley, people like that. Randall Tarley maybe less so, but they're sort of lead from the back. Randall Tarley's not on either of our lists. There's a thought. Do we see him do anything? But he's always described, and I think you mentioned this in a a previous episode, as as more just a a good soldier. I don't don't know what that means. He's described as the finest soldier in Westeros by, I think, Kevin Lannister. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, that, that doesn't really. That mean? <laughs> um, but no, those southern lords feel more like they're in the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth rank. Like they're there. Yeah. And once the shield wall is broken and all of that, they'll ride around and kill loads of peasants. See, I know what you mean, but I, there may just be an age defense that that kind of applies. I get the feeling a lot of the lords in the north are maybe younger, or they're just more evergreen. Perhaps because they're just used to, you know, getting maybe. on with it. So they'll just, if there's a war, you know, they fight because it's, you know, it's kind of what they need to do. Whereas in the south, because all the lords you sort of hear about are kind of old, right? I, I don't see Lord Tyrell doing anything himself. No, but we. I mean, we have. Well, you, you, but you have both. Well, not both his sons, but two of his sons on there. I do. I've got one, and Loras. Loras is a, a very sensible inclusion. He's definitely made my list of notables. He was in my top ten at one point. <laughs> okay, so who, do you mind if I ask who knocked him out? I don't know why I'm asking that so politely. Who knocked him out? <sighs> Well, to be honest, it took me a while to remember that Garland was a thing, so that <laughs> he obviously replaced him first of all. Um, yeah, and and then because I think Garland's also much more 
impressive on the Blackwater, isn't he? So that, yeah, Garland is the, the one who wears Renly's armor on the Blackwater. Um, and, and that sort of did it for me in terms of Loras. Like, yeah, sure, he's a great jousting knight. Um, gets beaten by Brienne though in the in the melee in the melee. Mm-hmm. And, L- and then he does, he's not that says, impressive on the Blackwater. Loras himself says, "Garland is the better sword." Exactly, exactly. And so ultimately, I, 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 I gave the nod to Gerald Hightower because. He's he's one admittedly that I include because you know he's just he's just really cool. I think, I think Jamie also <laughs> includes him in this list of people that were stronger. Yeah, but he's he's, I mean, he's called the bull or something. The white he? like, bull, he's yeah. ridiculous. The white bull. Um, I, I think I, I always picture him as, as a sort of Sir Duncan, the tall level. Yeah, character. Yeah, I, that's a, I think that's a fair fair comparison. Who 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 actually wanted to include in the list, but I thought he was too far removed from a Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, because I mean, at that point, you start talking, um, you know, bring in all the Targaryens, Magor, people like that, and then you've got all the old Kingsguard as well. That it just becomes it becomes stupid, and then you can essentially put all of House Baratheon on there. Yeah, you start adding the Laughing Storm and people like that. Um, Anyway, anyway, so yeah, Loras, very noteworthy, but but yeah. No, I, I think there. I've got I've got him on this list. I think because he's meant to be so good with a lance, right? And if you're starting your one v one with like tilting at each other, Loris is almost certainly going to unhorse you. Um, yeah, but we know he unhorsed Jamie Lannister at the uh, Prince Nof- Prince Joffrey's name day tournament before everything starts uh we know obviously he beats gregor although he uses trickery um but he also doesn't use that much trickery he doesn't use that much trickery right? no. he he makes the mountain's horse slightly less easy to control but he's still gonna knock an eight-foot man off his horse <laughs> see it's interesting though because so the lance or i guess the joust to me was was not even remotely a feature of my assessment fair and the reason i said it because jousting to me feels like you know flair it's it's completely it's like it's like doing trick shots when you're a really good snooker player you know you you don't need it i'm not sure that's true though because i understand but you never really see them ride into battle with their lance and even if they do see i think you do (sighs) i don't know well there's a reason that charges of heavy cavalry were the defining yeah, feature sure, of the, but, but, the Middle Ages, right? But does the lance matter in that? It's a much... Yes, because it's a much easier way to transfer the power of a charging horse while having enough tightly packed people to get the full momentum of a cavalry charge. If you think, if, they don't, if they're not using lances and they're using swords instead, everyone's going to be two or three feet further apart from each other than they have to be if they're like pointing lances straight ahead. That's true. If you think about the sheer mass of a cavalry charge, and that's where it's dangerous, yeah, but... you want them closer together, and you need lances for that. Exactly. So the the individual lancer is, I don't want to say irrelevant because you know that's not no, true. You know, but I see, they're, I they're see links in saying. a chain, right? They're, they're links in a chain, but that doesn't mean that the skill of the individual lancer, when it's cavalry on cavalry, doesn't matter. No, no. 
No, I agree. But but I, I don't think Loris sets himself... Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I don't know. It's entirely possible but that he is. Jo- jousting is practice for war. Attorneys are practice for war. And there's a reason that they do jousting. That's my that, that, that's my yeah no fair 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 but this is what I say I think uh, I've actually got a sort of top fifteen and and Loris is is in that um, list for yeah. sure yeah no I think there's also some great ones in there that I, I want to get onto at some point but um, okay. let's actually talk about the top ten <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like so, I need to make the case for Victorian Greyjoy you really do because uh, this could be the same sort of prejudice that the Southerners have for the Northerners so, having against the Ironborn. Mm. Who aren't useless, to be clear. No, they, they absolutely are. And Victorian Greyjoy is a fantastic character for no other reason than his inner monologue is hilarious. It's it's absolutely amazing. And Victorian Greyjoy is also an awful, awful human being. So you'd think usually I'd like him then. Yeah, he sort of... <laughs> I was expecting him at number... The reason that Victorian is so high on my list is he's one of the few characters in whose head we are during a fight that he wins and dominates. Interesting. Right, so we see him fighting uh, a, a fleet action off the Shield Isles. Yeah. And he absolutely destroys everyone in front of him. In yeah, this, fight, is, right? this, is, this is them stacking, um, uh, what's it called? The Reach, right? It's, that- it's the precursor to their sack of the reach, yes. They, t- they, they take the shield isles first. Victorian takes them for Euron. Uh, but he he essentially does that through a fleet action off, I can't remember, Green Shield, I think? Oak Shield? I don't remember what they're called. But he beats uh, a knight. He doesn't just beat a knight. This is the thing. He like goes through a knight like a hot knife through butter. He's just... you, you get. I get the sense when I, when I read his chapter uh, that he is on a ship at least, an absolute force of destruction in the same way that I imagine Robert Baratheon was when he was young, the same way that we see Gregor is at the Green Fork, right? People who just on their own can change the tide of a, uh, change the course of a battle. Now, 1v1, I don't think he's got much on anyone else in my list, but he seems to have so much like raw power, strength, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Just, no, just... I know I know what you're saying. I mean, you know, you're, what you're saying is not incorrect, but it's still wrong. That's a good trick. Because <laughs> I, I think you, you're right. Like, he goes through a, uh, through a night, but then it's a song of ice and fire, and you swing a cat, you hit a knight. Very true. And they're all pretty much rubbish. And also and true. my argument against having Victorian there is, I think you could put certainly my top ten and probably the next five, if not ten, other people that I thought about in the same situation, and they would do just as well, if not better. But I don't, so I don't that's know where I'm it. not sure. Right. I have nothing to base that on, but you know, it wouldn't be expertise as overrated if I did. So <laughs> take your evidence. And fuck <laughs> off. So looking at. Is there anyone... Yeah, I think he's like a great John Umber, to be honest with you. Maybe. I mean, it's entirely possible. I just don't like the Greyjoys in there. That, that's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. But... And, and Victorian is an odious man. And 
I wouldn't have much problem with replacing him with Drogo, for example. I think he actually might be just a shit Drogo, and I've got that one wrong. So let's talk about that for a second, because he, he certainly is worse than Drogo. I think that's and yet Drogo is not on your list. <laughs> except, and this is when it, when, where the 1v1 thing comes into play, except Drogo doesn't wear armor, and Victarion does. Victarion wears heavy full plate armor while on a ship, which is a very move. But I yeah. don't think you can devalue armor in the way that Drogo... Drogo's like, oh, fuck, I don't need armor. I'm that fucking good. And then he dies because, like, someone cuts I see it. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But, counter-argument, someone who made number five on your list, oh, wearing right. no armor, beat someone number three on your list, wearing much armor. Yes, that's And true. I think Drogo probably does what Oberyn does so better. Because he's, he's used to just, you know... You know, I'm not, not wearing any armor, being really fast. I think he hits like a truck I'm in a sure way that Oberyn does. doesn't. I'm sure he does. Oberyn doesn't hit like a truck. So the reason Oberyn made my list is he kills Gregor. No, absolutely. And the 100%. reason Oberyn is not any yeah. higher on my list than that is he kills Gregor because he... Cheats is the wrong word, but it gets across what I'm angling for. He's he practiced cheat. essentially that fight in his yes, head. exactly. Over exactly. and over he, and he, over. He picks that fight perfectly. He does everything about that fight is set up so that he beats Gregor. He knows Gregor gets angry. He plays to Gregor's rage. He uses spears. He poisons his spears. Like It's using exactly the right tool in the right circumstance. And that is a skill in and of itself. But I think if you put Oberon on a battlefield, he's, he's not as effective as Gregor. And he also does also die in that fight. <laughs> horribly, I might add. And that, it, it, but, but you're somewhat done in by his own desire for vengeance. Right? Yeah, I was going to say hubris, but that's not the right word at all. Desire for vengeance, yeah, he gets caught up in it too much. Mm. Well, he, he, um, he needs Gregor to say Tywin. That's what he, yes. he's, he's pointed his whole life at that. Yeah, exactly. And then he fails. And then he fails. But, but preparation is a very important skill, and I think a skill will every warrior should possess mm-hmm. and he he showed that more than i think anyone my my because i consider Oberyn, i really like him as a character i think he's fantastic but i think i remember looking this up a while ago and you essentially never see him in any other fight <laughs> we know he beat wireless Tyrell in a joust yeah, we do, but, but we also know that Willis Terrell was too young for in that jazz. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Doran Martell rates him, but Doran also has gout, so his I'm not sure his opinion counts. Ouch! <laughs> he's never he's never fought Oberyn. Is my point? Right? No, he, no, he, he hasn't fought Oberyn and Ario Hota, and so can say, oh yeah, o- Oberyn's scarier. Right, because he's just sitting there in a chair. So he obviously also opens his brother. I don't know. And the problem with the Viper is he, he only has to nick exactly any part of you once, and you're dead. But that's that's less him being a great warrior because I don't, that, I don't know how useful that is as a skill to have on the battlefield. You know. Well, no, and this is a, I don't I don't know what happens if you put Oberyn on a battlefield. I think he dies. I imagine he must have been on a battlefield. He must have dawn. But he's also weird. He's weirdly young as well. True, because right, it's his uncle. 
His uncle is in Aerys Targaryen's Kingsguard. <laughs> yeah, good credit. The Martells always confuse me. Well, all yeah, of them, all of the, Prince, the families confuse me, but the Martells in particular. Prince Lewin of Dorne, I'm fairly sure, is their uncle. And he dies on he dies at the Trident. So I think they I think he's young he's younger than is he younger than Elia? I think he's younger than Elia. Ooh. I'm not sure though. Ooh. I could I could easily be wrong about that. But I don't know how I many don't battles. know about Elia, no, I've got I don't know how many, how we we uh, I think we know he was in a Sellsword company as well. Actually. Yeah. Now that I come, come to on. That. Speaking of sellswords, Bronn. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a real problem with Bronn. Same. I think, <laughs> I think Bronn Bronn's not on either of our lists, so let's come on to him and let's keep talking about our list. Yeah, so on the list. This is the problem that I had, you see, just all these names popping, you're like, oh yeah, they're really good. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my hand up and say that I think that you're probably right that Victorian is a knockoff Drogo. I don't know that Drogo makes my list though. I see, I find it really hard to put Victorian on and not Drogo. If it's purely based on armor i don't i don't know that it's purely based on armor there's there's something about drogo it's really hard to picture isn't it because because obviously he's a cull we only he's really successful we only ever see drogo in one actual fight and it's the fight that kills him yeah, but that is hubris. <laughs> no, but, that, but hubris is dangerous. You shouldn't have you. I mean, he, he essentially allows someone to cut him just to prove that he doesn't care. But and that's the cut that kills him. So, right, but we we do better. know that he is unbeaten in countless battles. Yeah, but if all if the only people that you fight are the Lazarine, of course you're going to be unbeaten. <laughs> no, I no. But, but even among the Carls, he is. Sorry, you're you, you are know. you are right. He he is unbeaten. Uh, and that that uh, amongst the Dothraki, that matters. I, I grant yeah, you. But, yeah, but I, t- I take your point. It's really hard to picture, no matter how hard the TV show tried, and the TV show is excellent, as we know. Mm. That yeah, I think the Dothraki just lose in Westeros. <laughs> Maybe with numbers, they they do a lot of damage, and they are obviously all on horseback. But the thing that I struggle with is Jorah Mormon. Oh, now there's one that we missed off. Uh, Jorah Jor- Mormont, shit, I'm not having him anywhere near this list. <laughs> not having that. Ouch. Stupid sexy Ian Glenn notwithstanding, I'm not having Jorah Mormont on my list. Um, but Ian Glenn, exactly. He can be, <laughs> he can be up there with Mark Addy and Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a different list. That's a different list. Uh, you have to pay extra for that list. <laughs> No, I think the issue that I have with the, well, the issue that I have with a lot of the Dothraki is that Jorah Mormont is like a powerful warrior amongst the Dothraki, basically because he wears armor. And that's sort of it. And the Dothraki, yeah, just, you're doing him a bit of a disservice. He's, no, he's he's pretty competent with a sword. He's he's not bad with a sword, but I don't. He doesn't get anywhere near my list of top ten. He probably doesn't get near my list of top fifteen. Um, no, I, I probably agree with that, but. But but this is again where I think I, I've I've included a sort of cool factor. I think Drogo oozes. Cool. No, I think that's that's true. And I also I, I wonder if I've been a little bit too influenced by the TV show for some characters here. Not Victorian because he doesn't feature, 
but like <laughs> because he's shit and the tv show producers were like we don't need him <laughs> yeah, we, don't need, we don't need that it's too confusing I we'll, have, we'll have a really weird euron who's we'll just... Have, just do euron as victorian yeah that's actually what you, that, that that's who you're on in the show is he's just victorian exactly because the you know because the show is excellent yeah um don't, don't need mad <laughs> pirate wizard don't need my powers. Yeah, so so Sandra, and obviously you got Brienne ahead. I think that's just, that's a TV show influence, no? Brienne better than Sandor? I don't know. So I find Brienne so difficult. So I don't. She beats Loras in the melee. Right, she wins the melee in uh, at Bitterbrook. She does. She does. Which but is... you're but you're essentially suggesting that Brienne beats Sandor in a one on one. I am. I am suggesting that. And that Brienne is also better to have in a fight than Sandor. So that that I I guess I the will... Blackwater kind of shows you that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would probably say that Brienne does beat Sandor one v one, but you probably want Sandor on a battlefield. If there's no fire. <laughs> Provided nothing is on fire. <laughs> nothing is ever on fire. I don't know. I think both characters still have a lot of stories to tell. Absolutely, and that, that I've that you're right. That could well be a a TV show ism because she does beat Sandor in the TV show. Exactly. I do think I've done I've done Brienne a massive disservice by not having her on the list. She she was another one who was just I didn't know where to put her. So you should. So I don't know where you go. So no. so you're not on the list. <laughs> Whereas I wanted the Hound and the Mountain because I think, yeah, they're just they're just really evocative warriors in my head canon. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 the guys who you know you throw them into the reach and shit will happen. Absolutely, and I think I think I think Sandor more so than Brienne. There, you put, exactly. You, There's you something about her. Maybe she's just untested in that sort of environment. That's that's the other thing, right? Brienne is incredibly young. Yeah, in a song about they, they, they all are because George Martin doesn't understand age, uh, but especially the fact that women can be you know as old as men at sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't sound true to me. <laughs> no, apparently not. No, but, every every man has to be at least eighteen and over, and every woman has to be eighteen or younger, almost. Anyway, that's a whole anyway, separate that's thing. A whole other <laughs> thing. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to stick to Brienne at seven, Sandor at eight. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. For, for me, I what I really she... wanted was the Hound and the Mountain. I know. I know. I know. She's nowhere near the list, but I don't hate your your opinion on this. No, <laughs> one of the few things. But I, I wanted to put the Hound above the Mountain, and this might be a TV showism. But okay. I I do genuinely think we will get Clegane Bowl in the books in some form, and I think the Hound will. Win? Question mark. <laughs> well, the big question is: Does He'll he win, win? But will he also lose? <laughs> you see, I don't want Clegane Ball. It was right. It was right for the show. It was absolutely right for the show. It was the way they took the Hound's character. It was. It was fine. But in the books, right? If if we assume that the Hound, that that Sandor has become the gravedigger on the Quiet Isle. I just want him to stay there. I want him to understand that sure. he doesn't he doesn't need the revenge against his brother. That's not a fulfilling sure. 
no, but, but, for him. I agree with that. But you know, you know what, what I picture actually Clegane will being in the books is just in the midst of a big battle, like think Battle of the Bastards levels of confusing, yeah. no one knows what's going on. I I essentially just want the Hound to cut down the mountain without even realizing. That would be Because good. what that... it does is give him the revenge he's always sought after and have it not be a big moment. Not have it be the apex of his character. That's the issue that I have with Clegane Bowl is, yeah. is Sandor's character is going in such a direction that yeah. Clegane Bowl doesn't narratively work for me. Exactly. Uh, and I, but I also would like to see the mountain just randomly cut down, yeah, <laughs> and and get no ceremony after that. Just that like he's just there, he's dead. No one gives a shit, and we move on with our lives. I, I feel like he could die during the sack of King's Landing, and that would be fine. I like how you're saying it, as though that's going to definitely happen. It's one hundred percent going to happen. Wow. Okay. One hundred percent. It's going to happen. Um, well, let me make a note of this particular sentence because uh, <laughs> I feel it might come up next week. <laughs> I, you can give it to me if you want. It's going right to the top of my tinfoil <laughs> off list. The tinfoil off. What? No, fair enough. The sack of kings. Landing. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I am uh, right. Okay. Okay. So, so it's, I mean, the rest of our lists. I think actually the top five or top four certainly is very similar. If, if we if we for one second pretend I don't have Arthur Dane in my pretend list. you don't have Arthur Dane at number two, and we've got Barrister, and we've got Jamie, we've got Robert all up there. I mean, how can you argue with Bobby B? Right? He's just a, a glorious vision of power, strength, yeah. and you know, shit absolutely. will shit will die in his wake. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. I think the reason that I've got him below Gregor is. I think that people misunderstand just how valuable being eight foot tall is. No, true. Like, mm, true. Or how, however also... tall the mountain is meant to be. But like, he 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 does shit that should not be physically possible. He wields a great sword and a shield. He wears armor that no one else can put on. Like that that has a value all of its own. And yeah, he might not be the most skilled person on my list, but it goes back to the Bron comment, right? I made Lazy. one mistake, I'm just fucking dead. Right? And the mountain is one of the few people on this list, these lists, where that's true. Like there you might have a margin of error. Even fighting someone like Barristan, right? You you slip slightly and Barristan has the advantage. But it's not the same as fighting someone who essentially just breaks the laws of physics. As the mountain does. Yeah. And the reason Oberon beats him is because he has so much space to work with. You exactly. Know, he, can be, he can be agile. But <laughs> the part of me sometimes pictures the mountain a bit like, um, you know, one, one of the sort of bigger single model entities in Total War Warhammer? <laughs> you know, where, where they kind of get bogged down and they just get stabbed by lots of little units uh, near them. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um I, think I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be one of those small units near him because no, my head, my head will just go. You, you, you will die. But I so quite like put, my head. Putting, take say Gregor and Robert. Right, Robert's favorite weapon is a warhammer, which actually is probably the best thing other than a spear to use against someone like Gregor. But I, I just worry, like, if the mountain's armor is really like three or four inches thick, as it's as it's said to be, isn't like. Robert's got to get inside the reach of a six-foot-long sword and then swing his hammer 
hard enough to do damage to the that armor plating and not die on the backswing. Like that's just too that's yeah. incredibly difficult. So Robert Robert's confusing because I have no clue how tall he is. He's meant to be I think like six, seven, six, eight. Like same size as the as the great John, basically. But it's it's another thing with 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 George Martin, isn't it? Where, where all the women are way too young, and all the all men, men are, are way too tall. tall. <laughs> They're all six foot seven, uh, average height. Yeah. Um, I but I I think Robert is in his prime, obviously skilled enough as a warrior to just negate Gregor. And I think you're right, Gregor isn't. Doesn't strike me as technically the most gifted because he doesn't need to be. No, I think that's definitely true. Size is a skill all of its own. Yeah, but I think Robert has. I mean, he's obviously not as tall, but he's he's big. He's yes. really strong, like super strong. And I think he's got the technique to just negate this. I mean, because imagine imagine hitting your sword against a warhammer. That's going to reverberate. True. <laughs> And I think Robert's skilled enough to make that hurt. I uh, know, uh, absolutely. I think so. One on one, I think I think Bobby B beats Gregor. That's quite possible. Put, putting it out there, that's quite possibly true. I don't know. I, yeah, that's why he's number one. <laughs> that's why he's number one for you. I've got Jamie and Barriston above both of them. It, it says a lot about what you thought about with this list, I think, because they're, they're both essentially the same yes, they, type they of warrior in my, in my eyes. They absolutely are. And Barristan, I, we've both got Barristan above Jamie, uh, which I don't well, think... Jamie, Jamie just hasn't proved... I mean, Barristan, the guy's just a stone-cold legend. I mean, come on. He sneaks no, into a, a castle and gets the king out all by yeah. himself. He, he like, Jamie's not done is. that. No, Not saying he couldn't, but well. I don't think he could anymore. I think Martin has come out and said that Jamie is Jamie the best, is the best warrior in A Song of Ice and Fire. I think he has, he has, he has. But we're comparing Jamie, who is in his prime at the start of A Song of Ice and Fire, or at least getting there. Yeah. Whereas Barristan no longer is. I think Barristan is prime. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a fight. I think everyone would want to see. I think, I think so, definitely. I mean, Barrett speaks very highly of him, right? So he does, he does. I think that's probably Jamie's biggest, like, plus point is how highly Barristan and other others of a, like equivalent stature think of him. But I also think doesn't Barrister compare him to a certain Arthur Dane? Maybe as a form of praise, and yet Arthur Dane is not on your list. Arthur Dane, well, other than the fact that Arthur Dane is Corin Halfhand, Arthur Dane is dead <laughs> as of the start. Of who who is also time. not on your list? No, because um, <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't want. Uh, you giving yourself double tinfoil. I didn't, didn't want to just give you tinfoil options for me. But no, so Corin Halfhand isn't on my list for the simple reason that. Everything we see about Corrin, everything we, sorry, everything we know about Corrin Halfhand's ability as a warrior is secondhand. We see very little of his own prowess, other than in the fight against John. And yes, John is meant to be very good with a sword, but John is also sixteen years old. Right? So yeah, I'm but, not the, but the real, 
But the real hidden talent in that fight, I think, is how Corrin loses. He loses by while looking like he's trying to win, yes. Exactly. Which and that's, is, yeah, that's I don't, I don't even know how you do that. While fighting with your wrong hand. Let's not forget. So I, Exactly. Yeah. My, my problem with Corrin Halfhand is that I don't know how good he was before he lost half of his right hand. Agreed. Now, my theory is that he was Arthur Dane. I don't have I don't have much evidence for it other than the fact that Corrin Halfhand is still really I think we have to end the episode there, to be honest. I'm not sure I've, I've got it in me to go yeah. into this no, rabbit that's, hole. That's, that's, that's <laughs> going in my... Um, Short, short, um, hot take. Oh, that's that's oh, that's more than a short hot take. I'm I don't sure. know because I'd have to I'd have to do a lot of research. I know because it's nonsense, <laughs> <laughs> right? But no, that, that's why Corin doesn't make my list, uh, and Arthur Dane doesn't make my list because he's dead as of the start of a song of ice and fire, and and thus was not eligible for my list in the same way that yeah, you you've just you've just done that so you didn't have to think about Arthur Dane. Yeah, no, it, I, see. I would have put Arthur Dane one. I would have put Arthur Dane as number one on my list. Yeah. Hands down. The, the, no the problem I kind of have with Arthur Dane is a lot of being a knight is about having the story, right? And I think he more than anyone had the story. Absolutely. He's a bit like how I always pictured Federer in his prime. You know, you, you, you don't want to play Roger Federer because. He's Roger Federer, and you know that. But the moment you step onto the court with him, you you are going to lose, and so you, you've already lost because you think that way. I think Arthur Dane does that to the people he's fighting. I I think that's probably true, but I also think that to use your Federer analogy, Federer had that reputation for a reason, right? It didn't come out of nowhere. Yes, right. Federer was the favorite in every single one of his games, even when he was playing Djokovic or Nadal yes. for, for so much of his career, because he just was that fucking good. But that's because we got to see that. We don't. We never get to see Arthur Dane do anything. No, but we, we do have the testimony of someone who has seen a lot of the people on, our, on your list in particular fight, and that's Ned. And Ned Stark tells Bran... That Arthur Dane was the best knight he ever saw. Yeah, but Ned Stark could mean a lot of things by saying he was the best. True, because Ned Stark that's values true. some very important things. That... That's that's very true. Because, because because what he might mean by that, and I guess we we'll have to borrow the TV show here, is that he re- regarded him so highly because he stood by his duty to the very end, knowing he was going to die off the back of it. True. I, the problem that I have is we. I don't know why I'm arguing this because he's number two on my list. Because I genuinely do think he 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 would take names on the battlefield. He, he, <laughs> like I think nobody's he would. Business. We he he beat. The reason he the reason he doesn't make my list is really really simple, and it's because I set myself rules such that yeah, I didn't have to dead. think. About no, but that's that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, but I and you, you said if you if you if you. I think he goes Had near. He goes near the top. He, I think he's he's almost certainly better than Barristan Selmy, right? So if he's not, isn't 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 it just Jamie is a knockoff Barristan who is a knockoff Arthur Dane who is a knockoff Aemon the Dragon Knight? 
Isn't, isn't the, the, the problem right? there is that we sort of only ever see that from their perspectives, right? Because Barristan yes. looks at himself and thinks, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just a bit of a shit version of Arthur," and then Jamie's like, "Oh, I'm just a bit of a shit version of Barristan." Yeah. Whereas then we see Barristan say about Jamie that he's probably actually really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So that's yeah, that's that's interesting. So I mean, ultimately, we're not um, disagreeing too much. Victorion's the big Victorian. Victorian is the big tension point. I don't have a lot of time for Gerald Hightower. I don't know why. I just it might be that he's overshadowed by Arthur Dane, right? But I think maybe. But for for me, there's there is a bit of there's yeah there's a romantic element because he's he's a bit like Barristan, right? He's, he's kind of old and yet he's still absolutely no, this really feared unit. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, and he died on the job, you know, older than most. I think we which says something. This is the this is the other issue I have. I don't know what happened at the Tower of Joy, actually. Quite. And until I get the answer to that question, I'm not going to be able to judge. Perhaps he's, he's, he's also just north of the wall with the. Uh, it's, true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Could be Torum and Giant's Bane, After all, needs to be someone. He does need to be someone. Maybe he's maybe he's Gerald Hyder. Maybe we could put all the guys from the Tower in the north somehow. That'd be so. Good. One of them is Mance Raider, obviously. Nah. Um, Mance Raider is just Mance Raider. Right, so let's see some notable omissions. Who have you got that was a re- that was sort of close but not quite there for you? Corin Halfhand. Uh, yeah, uh, and I wanted to as we for discussed. me as well. Corin, I thought about Corin. Strong Belwas. Yeah, now he's 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 fascinating, isn't he? I don't under I don't know where I, what I want to do with with Strong well, have, Belwas. Have we, have we seen him do anything that was he I wins, couldn't remember? He wins, he wins the duel outside. Yunkai, I think, doesn't he? Because you get he does the thing. Uh, Dario Naharis does it in the in the show. But he has, I was say, he, is that is that Belwas doing it in the book? That's, is Belwas in the? I'm fairly sure it's Belwas in the book. Makes sense, but I, I don't know. He, I mean, he's called Strong, right? Which he's called always Strong. Makes and, you and wonder. <laughs> Barristan serves him right and tends him, so I think he's. He's probably tidy, but we just don't have enough data. No, um, but he, we, he's one. He, yeah, interesting. Like you, you don't create a character like that without eventually making him do something. No, I, I think. I think that's. I think that's true. I've also got Ario Hota. Yeah, well, you're very similar, I suppose. I think very similar. The difference difference is we know that Ario Hota is a tidy fighter because he. Absolutely ruins Eris Oakheart. Absolutely <laughs> ruins Eris Oakheart, who I think we're told is probably the best Kingsguard. Uh, not including Jamie and uh, not including Jamie and and probably Barristan. not including Loras either, because Loras is Kingsguard at that point. But like he's better than all the others. Yeah. He he is, but he, he's also too honourable and too in love and does stupid things and gets yeah, shot he's... by multiple crossbolts yeah. by the time Ario chops his head off. So. Yeah, yeah. I I actually considered Eris Okad at some point, but he's just a bit. He just dies a bit too. Being the third best Kingsguard in a not impressive Kingsguard isn't that high praise. No, indeed. Right, but the Arya Hota, yeah, yeah. I, I think we could see great things from him. Maybe he he's just a he he just falls victim to lack of data. I think also in the show, fantastic. Like um, guy playing, I mean, he just looks like an absolute unit that you would never cross in a million years. 
Yeah, but then no even I, who, who have nothing but praise for the book for the for the show, would have quite liked them to have done Doran better. Yeah, no, I mean, not better, just different because it was really good in the show. Sorry, true. Um, <laughs> just, just different, please, different. Someone just make it different. Do it different. Um, well, who else have you got? You, you're. It sounds like you have a very long uh, list of notable omissions. Should we run through it? We've been we've been rapping rapping for a while. I feel like. We just yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just throw some names out there, and you you stop yeah. me. So, when I thought of the great John, I also thought of Bronze John Royce. Okay, no, that makes sense. I can see that. I think similar. He's, I, and I thought you know not to the veil because they they get no love in this department otherwise. True. <laughs> very true. Um, I thought of Rhaegar. Because he does yeah. wound Bobby B, and he's, I think he's he's supposed to be quite an apt He's warrior. tidy. He just doesn't want to be one. He's That's tidy. I see, it seems I must be a warrior. Um, I think exactly, yeah. he, win, he wins the tyranny of Harrenhal, which has got to be a feather in his cap, right? Because he unseats people like Arthur Dane. Exactly. Uh, uh, and I think he unseats Barristan Selmy as well. But... Uh, he does well enough to get, you know... To the Trident, which is, I think, a sort of... But I've always assumed that what happened at the Trident was Rhaegar hung back until he saw Robert, and Robert was on the front lines just the whole way through. Maybe. And, uh, and, and, that and doesn't that... strike me as particularly in keeping with his character, though, because insofar that he doesn't want to be a warrior, I think when he is one, just... he is he is proper one, you know? I just don't think we've got enough. No, no, I know, but this is why ultimately he didn't. He didn't really. I make don't it, think we've so. got enough data, and I, I, I don't. He's never. He's. I mean, never, we technically have as much data about him as we do about Robert, and we both put him in the top. You know, however many. We've got more eyewitness accounts of Robert true, than true. we do. But, you know, Victor Rhaegar, always writes the uh, and uh, the texts. I don't know. I've always thought of Rhaegar as a bit. Yes, he's a reluctant warrior, but I. I don't know. I. No, he's complicated. he's complicated. He's uh, complicated. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's because I probably, compared to you, devalue Robert, and so because you think Robert's the best warrior in the Song of Ice and Fire, which I don't think is an unreasonable contention. The fact that Rhaegar wounds him is very high. I look at that and go, Robert's been fighting a war for like six months, non-stop. He's absolutely bloody exhausted and blind with rage by the time he sees Rhaegar at the Trident. Indeed, yeah. So I think that's that's the distinction for me. I, I think it's right that he's not on your list. I think it's probably fair that he he's near your list. Yeah, I think he, he just deserves a, a little bit of a shout out. Um, and obviously, Loris Tyrell, we, we've talked yeah. about him. And then there's there's two that popped into my head, and and purely because the, the idea of them is so great. I mean, Thoros of Mir, yeah, because he charges through the breach at um, at the Siege of Pike. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just all all eyewitness accounts just say what a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he was probably drunk, but he was probably drunk, but he just kicked ass and didn't really care. Yeah, um, so, and I rate that highly. And then Beric, um, because I think he's he's a very able warrior. I think Beric Dondarrion is an absolute middle of the road. B tier warrior. Yes, but a middle of the road B tier warrior who keeps coming back. <laughs> I'm not having that. <laughs> is is many uh, B tier warriors, and therefore probably an A tier warrior. He doesn't come back during the fights. 
You don't know that. And I, the reason I've put him here is, is, is in a notable shout out is because I knew it would annoy you. <laughs> no, I, I can I can see it. I can I can see why you put him there. I think he's one of a number of like like decent warriors that we see. Yeah. Right. He's he's in there probably with a lot of Renly's Rainbow Guard. Right? Red Ronick Connington and people like that. It's just yeah, they're tidy, but but they're not gonna they're not stand out. And the thing that makes Beric special isn't his martial prowess at all, it's his attitude and, and his Yeah, exactly. And again, he, he just he's just quite cool to me. And then a bunch of a bunch of other names that I'll just sort of rattle. I mean, you've mentioned a few: Corin, Belwas, yeah, uh, Obrin, Brienne, yeah. Bronn. We've mentioned Jon Snow. I've put in there, but I, I don't, we just, we've just not seen him at his prime. I think Rob Stark. I put in there because again, we never really got to see him at his prime, but he's he showed great promise because he, he led did. from the front and he survived. Did. Um, I put Ned Stark because for me he's always been a real mystery. Like he was in a lot of wars and again survived them. Which well, is he was nothing. in a lot of battles in a war, <laughs> which is not nothing. Which is not nothing. Uh, but he, but you know he's, he's that classic Northern Lord where yeah he doesn't really do Tony, so who really knows? I just Ned's always struck me as I think Sean Bean. I'm about to speak heresy. I think Sean Bean did Ned a bit too much of a service. Right, Ned no. is Ned is not Boromir. No, no, no. I I totally get that, but I, I think Ned Ned to me is a bit like Rhaegar. It's like he doesn't really. Yeah, I think that's it's not fair. what he wants, but when he does it, he's he's actually quite good at it. I think you know he's probably more of a strategist, and and I'd I'd almost certainly just put him in the same bracket as as Beric. I think maybe maybe I guess we'll never know we'll never know <laughs> never know um and another one that was a real mystery to me was, was Dario but I think I think maybe I got confused because I, I was thinking mainly about that scene in the show where he where he wins that battle but yeah you, you're right that's it's, not actually him so who knows I, don't know. I find Dario Nahara is really difficult to think about uh, I just don't quite understand why it's just it's the blue hair I mean come on yeah it's crazy uh, and then, then just to have a nod at non-Westerosi, I've, I've also got Caro Valentin, the current first sort of Bravos, and Syria Pharrell. Admirable. I, I don't think they necessarily stand up to, to the Westerosi elite. It's hard to know. Bravos is a much is much smaller, obviously. I don't know. They've got style, you know. At least Syria. Syria's last last stand is the first like air punch moment of the books, right? Yeah, exactly. It absolutely is. So I thought I'd just I'd just give them a quick shout. And then also like, like Lynn Corbray, who's who's I think Lynn Corbray is a famous sword. Rather than Yeah. Like, and this is why I just had nothing to go on, really. <laughs> other, other than, than he gets mentioned people, a lot. Lots of people call him very dangerous. But <laughs> Valyrian Steel is almost certainly just a game changer. Yeah, right. it, for sure. It's, it's meant to be lighter, faster, sharper, etc. Which in duels is probably really important. And it so- sort of sounds like Lynn Corbray is fighting Renaissance style duels before they're fashionable. <laughs> so I, I kind of see what you mean by that. Yeah. So maybe I... there was just not enough to go on. Really, I, I thought. Um, and then just to end on it for me, there was also a few characters that I thought of instantly, but I thought would just be a bit too dirty to mention. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the giants beyond the wall. <laughs> Three very big characters, literally, you know, Drogon, Rhaegal, Viserion. Right. Okay. I think they'd probably do quite well in both a one-on-one and yeah, all right. a, a war. <laughs> Fine. But I thought, you know, that's too easy. <laughs> it, I'd just shouted. How, how angry would you have been if my top three had been three dragons? <laughs> I just said, where are the White Walkers then in your list? They don't exist. <laughs> as, as you well know. The White Walkers. Okay, fucking all right. All right. Give me... Give me any indication of the White Walker, or give me any proof of what the White Walkers have done so far in in A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, other than the prologue of the Game of Thrones. Yeah, what did they do in the prologue of a Game of Thrones? Nothing. That's what they kill. Waymar Royce. Oh, Waymar Royce, oh, boo frick! Bronze Yon's son. If you want to put Bronze Yon on your list and Bronze Yon, oh, no, that's that's. That... No, Marshall that's the like son that you, that they sent to the war. That is absolute nonsense. Absolutely not. That's like saying Samuel Tarly should have been in the list if you're going to put Randall on. It's nonsense. No, it's not. It's absolutely the same thing. Absolutely not. And no. also, we don't technically know what kills Waymar Royce. We we see the White Walkers kill him. We they see what you think. That's that's why it's so terrifying for Will. If you want to be that uh, accurate, know, hoodwinked so early on. Oh my god! We're gonna what what I think is interesting, neither one of us mentioned is is Jack and uh, Hagar. F- yeah, or the faceless man. The faceless man. Do you think they're any good in a proper fight? I have no idea. It's not really what they do, but it's not really what they do. I think if you're if you're a faceless man and you're fighting someone, you've already lost. Because the whole point of a, the whole point of the faceless man, and this is where I think the show gets it wrong a little bit. They they took it in a different creative direction, and it worked for the show, and it was excellent. Indeed, but you shouldn't know that a faceless man killed someone. And that's the whole, yeah, whole but none of the none of the faceless man deaths that we see are obviously assassinations, are they? In, in the books now, or in, in the books? In the, yeah, no, one hundred percent. But in the in the show as well, it's, it's only when Arya starts doing it that it's true. Kind of obvious, true. But, she, but she's sort of perverted the process and just taken she, it on for herself. You know, and in a, in the way Jack and Hagar kills Avery Lorch, I think. Yeah, but that's kind of down to Arya. That's that is down to Arya, I suppose. I, 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 you're right, and this is sort of why I didn't really want to go there. I think because it's not their purpose, but I, I strongly that. suspect that they would do quite well in the fight. <laughs> I think that I think they would, but I don't think that they would be. They would never be in a war. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense. Like it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for them to be in contention. I think no, indeed. Well, on that note, I think good lists. Yeah, we're not. We're not a million miles away. No, 
No. We and, need to do uh, more. We need to do more Song of Ice and Fire. I think we we definitely do. Because um, even in this short segment, we've mentioned so many names that are all worthy of discussions. I, I, I think. I think. We what should... happens at the bloody tower? You know. What happens at the Tower of Joy? You need to explain why why you think Robert's Rebellion happened because I'd quite like to. That needs absolutely no explaining. It's bloody obvious to anyone who's read the books. I um, agree, and the fact that we disagree is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you like being wrong. Uh, no, that's that's going to be that. That'll be a great episode. Just how drunk was Thoros when he when he charged through the breach would be a great episode. <laughs> Definitely. Um, who will be on the Iron Throne at the end? Oh, that was someone who I nearly put on my list to piss you off. What Daenerys? Bran. 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 Who? Brandon. Brandon the Broken. You were going to put him in the, in the top ten warriors of a Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> I was going to put him in number one. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> I mean, why? Do you want why, to hear? Why? Why? We had such a great time. You know, it was all civil. Brandon Stark. Top yeah. Ten. Oh, yeah. I really kind of want to hear your justification, but I also don't. Well, it's a very simple justification. Good luck fighting someone who can control your mind. Well, he can't though. He can. He wargs Hodor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hodor. Yeah. Great. And we know that that's a, a thing that wargs are capable of doing because we see Varamir Sixkins war- warg into a woman. I can't remember her name. Uh, during his prologue, in which he dies. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Have fun man controlling all those weak-minded fools. No offense to Hodor. <laughs> she doesn't appear <laughs> to be sure particularly. How, not sure how that is. No, no offense, but doesn't appear to be particularly weak-minded. There's no evidence that strength or weakness of mind is required. Anyway, <sighs> yeah, but I didn't even, do it even, even I knew if you walks into you. someone else's brain, that person will be controlled by Bran, who's got no clue how to. We- and it, no, and no, no, just yeah, no. Just suicide. Oh, oh, as, oh, that way. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, fine. We'll brand into the middle of the um, the trident then and see what happens. <laughs> Idiot, honestly. On that, I don't know what that was. Atrocity. <laughs> Atrocity, absolutely right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at zero expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes, and if you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, in our next episode, in the wake of the completion of Loki, for which we're both very excited, we'll be talking all things MCU television. So, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki, and probably straying into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Join us then for more nonsense. <laughs>